Hello, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Yet we're still at sea. Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man, Dean Edwards. Welcome to another edition of the For the Market Protocol. We still in the building as always. Um, hey man, guess what? I'm still at sea somewhere. Um, in the Atlantic, actually, right now we are ported and docked in the uh, in lovely Nassau, the Bahamas. Uh, actually, uh, one of the comics. Uh, for actually from last week's episode, James James Irvin Berry, the teddy bear of comedy, um, he had a, a great line that he's been saying on on the uh, on the shows where he says, uh, "Nassau is the Detroit of the of the West Indies because because a, a lot of people won't get off the ship um, because you know what? It's just there's a lot of congestion. There's a lot as soon as you step off the ship, you have people." Um, trying to sell you something, you know, um, at least in St. Martin and St. Thomas, people give you two minutes to enjoy the land and, and the air before they're like, uh, brethren, brethren, what, you want, you want, you want a cab ride, do you, do you want to go to the beach, you know, so, um, anyway, but enough about all that, we're still at sea, this is, um, you know, we've had a couple of weeks where I, I told y'all I was giving you this new, uh, the, the, the Road Warriors, uh, series of of episodes where i interview someone on the on the ship or on the road because um you know i'm on the road enough and why why the hell not you know um actually i'm gonna be doing a gig in kuwait next month for the troops because well i give back and i did my time in the military gave them six years of my life so i can give them a couple of minutes on stage um and, and uh you know help you know, uh, motivate and, and maintain the uh, troops' morale at this Air Force base over overseas. Um, so, you know, this week... Now, you, you, you guys, you all, the fam, I call them the fam. I don't call anyone fan. No one is a fan that listens to this. F-A-N as in Nancy. Everyone is F-A-M as in Mary. Family, they're fam to me, and I appreciate uh, everyone that listens. Um, you know, y'all don't know... You know the routine... Uh, follow me on uh, on all things at I am Dean Edwards, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or uh, or t- the the Twitters, and uh, and you know keep supporting all things comedy network. It's a movement, huh? Uh, but this week we have we have a different angle. You've had a lot of stand-up comics, and I know for a while there were no guests. Um, when I get back on land, Joseph Vesey will be back in the building. Uh, Joseph's been busy, evidently too busy for us. But um, I saw someone on the ship. Now, here's what's funny. I, I'm on the ship. You all know that I, uh, I unfortunately, I couldn't make the, the SNL 40-year anniversary special. Um, I, I'm finally fine with my decision. It took me a while. It took many pictures to get through. <laughs> but I, I, I was able to not only get through it, but also uh, find a place of happiness for everyone uh, because I saw everyone's pictures, and Chris Rock really said something that 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 hit home. It was touching. There was a picture of him. He he took a multitude of of pictures, as everyone did. I mean, which is funny because you think when people are at a certain level of celebrity, they aren't starstruck. But it was cool seeing even someone on the level of Chris Rock taking pictures with Taylor Swift and and Will Ferrell, uh, and. 
he had a picture with Justin Timberlake and under it the caption this is on Facebook under the caption says uh says I never had uh I, I didn't graduate from high school didn't graduate from college this is my class reunion and I, I thought that was nice that actually uh made made me didn't make me misty eye but it touched me a little so I'm on the ship and I I probably in in my own commiseration I spoke to numerous people sort of not whining about it but just getting it off my chest saying yeah I don't think I'm going to be able to make the 40 year anniversary and people were consoling me and um I think one of the uh one of the actors in a show on the ship called The Illusionarium uh named Andrew he uh he plays one of the uh the, the I guess would it be the the original curator of this uh, Illusionarium uh He's he's Brit and he and I are talking. He says, "Oh, you know what? Um, you on uh, Sunday Night Live? Um, we have a, a gentleman that um, you might be familiar with from Second City on the ship. So he probably knows a lot of the same people that you know." So I was like, "Okay, cool." So um, I I think I don't know if we met first. We might have met briefly, but I know um, I was told that <clears throat> that Cody has this. Uh, he's giving this this Second City workshop. So, uh, this past Sunday at, at one o'clock and when you're on the ship, you're just looking for things to keep you busy. So I said, you know what? Why not go? Um, you know, it'll be something different to do. So I go, I, uh, I wind up saying, you know what? This, this is a cool thing. And I'm blown away, not only by his, his skill set, um, but also his, uh, his his tact and his approach as as a as a as an I guess an educator of Im, of the art of improv. Um, so I want y'all to give a big round of applause, even if you're sitting in your car in the office. <laughs> Get up for my man, Big Cody Dub in the building. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, man. Thanks for having me too. Yeah, it, it's yeah, been course. great to have you in the workshop because I tell people and they don't believe me. And this, I'm lucky where you know the different paths of. Well, like talking about road warriors, the different paths and things that I've done. Right. I can say in this workshop that we're doing on this ship, and it's a sea day, so we're literally in the middle of the ocean. Right. But it's amazing is I have you in this workshop, an alum of Saturday Night Live, oh. a man that's worked in all these different capacities that I admire just not only for your ability but the things you've been able to accomplish. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And in the same workshop, we have the, the man who played with the Rolling Stones on the song Missing You. Sugar Blue, who's in our I workshop, that's his harmonica on Missing You Dude, on the I Rolling Stones. I did not know that. Or Miss You. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So that that iconic start of that song, that's him. So I have these two guys that have had these amazing accomplishments, and that takes nothing away, as you know as well, from everyone in the workshop. Right, All these right. incredibly talented people right. that have had these great credits and everything they've done but it's just so fun to think of uh how this thing came together and just the personalities and the careers that i have in one place so right right yeah, yeah. well it's it's also you know what i it's funny because i think anyone what regardless of your level of success there's always a a part of you and that's probably pure ego that says that that is reluctant to go to any sort of educational space. Sure. Because yeah. A, that means admitting, yeah, you know what, there's more I could learn. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but also that there's a you you find yourself feeling uh, exposed and naked when when you're in a when you're in a uh, a workshop setting. So to to give you all an idea of, of how the, the the room is set up, it's it's dinner theater. 
sort of a semi in the round. Sure, yeah, pretty uh, much. Round, right. round stage. And we're all, when we all first walk in, we're all sitting at various tables. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this like this. Cause, and everyone's sort of in their own space, in their own world. So then um, I run to the restroom because I'm, I'm cutting carbs, so I keep peeing. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and then I come out and I see almost everyone on stage. So I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, oh, so it's real. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, and we uh, we all get on stage and we go through a couple of exercises and, and stretch. And there's, there's that point where you kind of relax and say, oh, everyone's afraid right now. Yeah. Everyone's nervous. Yeah. That's the tag. When you talk about, like, especially the way that I see it when I'm instructing or teaching improvisation, is that's really what I'm on the lookout for, too, because I've been in all those situations. The first professional classes I took were with the Groundlings in Los Angeles, okay. which is even a totally different experience than Second City. Uh, I started taking classes. They had an Ohio theater where I was on a stage for them for a while, and then I ended up teaching for their conservatory. But the way I approach almost anything, whether it's like uh, an interview with someone you know like if you interview someone on the street like a man on the street bit so you don't know that person they're a stranger whether it's that aspect or in a class full of people you know that everyone involved in that process is exposed or a little bit vulnerable because that's the way i've felt in that right. exact same right. setting right. a million times so i'm always put myself in their shoes and try to like just know, like, I'm with you 100%. Right. And I'll always say, like, it's probably going to feel this way, or you might be like, this is really frustrating, or you might be like, that's great, but what does this mean? So I always try to look at it from that aspect. Mm -hmm. There's a great um, teacher and director, probably there's many great comedy directors, mm -hmm. but when it comes to, like, live comedy or sketch or improvisational mm -hmm. comedy, the greatest comedy director in the world is a guy named Mick Napier in Chicago. He has a theater called The Annoyance. Okay. And it's kind of his tack, too. He's the best in the world at working with a group of people and being like, I'm just going to call out what we're all, what's happening right okay. now. Okay. And once you call that out or let people know, hey, I'm with you 100%, then the entire room's like, oh, we, then it's a real ensemble. Because then okay. it's like, oh, we all are experiencing that. So let me ask, is he, does he also, he directs film, and if, are, are there he has films some. that we would, that, that the listeners would be um, familiar with? Some independent works, and then he's recently been, been involved in some um, some television projects out in Los Angeles. Give us his name again? Uh, Mick Napier. Mick Napier. Yeah, he has okay. a great book on improvising, too, that I always recommend to people called Improvise, okay. Seen from the Inside Out. Oh. And uh, he uses is all these great examples. SC or SE? Uh, SC. That's clever. Okay. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's a, he truly is, you know, people use these words all the time, but he, he truly is like a brilliant guy when it comes to this and very self-effacing and very like, he's a, he's a one-of-a-kind guy, but I learned so much from him. And then the flip side that I learned from him that I take into my personal life and teaching with people too is just like effort. Right, you know, right. like people get so caught up as like I have to be perfect in this right, moment, right. whether it's in their life or performing. Right, they get caught up in like um, this has to be great, or I have to really prove myself, or I have to do this. And it's like when you let go of that, and I know it's easier said than done. I think it takes mileage as a performer before you can reach that. I agree, or understand it in a positive way. Because right. if you're a young performer and you hear, uh, you know, screw all that just be in the moment then it might mean to be like i don't care about the stakes of the situation right. or i don't care about the right. professional dynamic that i'm working with right. but once you have enough miles and you hear that kind of thing of like just don't worry about anything right. it doesn't matter in the right. best possible way which you kept reiterating which yeah. i know i appreciate it but i i felt that there was a i felt like everyone really felt comfortable i'm i'm very obviously 
that it wasn't a new experience for sure, me, so exactly. I wasn't nervous, but I could yeah. see the fear. Yeah. And I think once you said, you know, we were running through a couple of just exercises uh, from Beastie Boys rap, you know, which, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Um, once you said to people, you know what, don't worry about if it rhyming. Yeah, doesn't don't matter. worry about it uh, necessarily making sense in any form or context. Yeah, you know, and it still it still took people a second to say, oh, so I can just say anything yes because you're just getting getting comfortable in the idea of the exercise and saying things in a certain cadence yeah and you can bend the exercise to work for you once you get comfortable you can be like oh i see how these um parameters are going to help me but you know and it's like anything you know what real quick i want you all to know that if if you hear any (laughs) background noise the ship is is beginning to pull out of port yes so if if there's any rumbling keep in mind that big mike might not have uh (laughs) had time to fix the sound on this we we giving this to raw and uncut okay <laughs> yeah. continue yeah we're sailing away from the coldest nassau we've experienced <laughs> right? we had to yeah. wear hoodies today oh dude it was brick out <laughs> it was brick out it looked like a tornado was about to hit which which is still better than any weather in uh Brooklyn, Ex- new york right now exactly you know, yeah it's in the negatives i'm like i'm good yeah I'm yeah good. I'll, I'll zip up my hoodie I'll, that's I'll fine <laughs> but good, good, good no but just talking about that once you like kind of define those things it's like any tool um, whether you're doing stand-up or an actor or you're focusing on improvising or sketch comedy or music, whatever it is, once you understand what the parameters are, then you can use those to your advantage. Right. But what I've learned, like, I've been fortunate to work with the Second City for, like, over 12 years, you know, right, right. in every capacity of the, in the in the building. From I'm a producer now for projects with this relationship with the Cruise Line, which right. is why we're both here. Right. Uh, and then uh, all the way down to being a student, going through the program, and then being on stage for them and doing, especially writing shows for them and all that stuff. Which, but, uh, which we will get into because I'm, oh, yeah. I'm curious about that whole yeah, world. No, but the reason I bring all, all that stuff up is every step of the way, I, I've kind of relied on that same thing of like, okay, I know what's expected of me. And I know I'm going to rely on my technique or what I know as an improviser. But then I always excel when I'm able to be like, okay. Stop worrying and just enjoy what's going on and take chances. Right. Like improvising more than I don't know about more than anything, but definitely in improvising, you're rewarded for risk. Mm-hmm. Like a really good improvised set at the Second City or anywhere, UCB, mm-hmm. any of these places, a really good improvised set or show mm-hmm. will involve a certain amount of failure. Okay. Because then people are taking risk, and, and and you know, with a lot of these people that improvise, and a lot of mutual friends of ours right. that improvise at a high level, uh, their failures may be small and quick and easily justified, right. but still there has to be that element because that shows that people are taking risk to do this stuff instead of just being like, I know this works. Right. I'll force this into the moment right. rather than the moment telling you like, no, you got to do something different. This is right. a new moment. Right. You know? so, well, it's like, I guess it, the equivalent. Um, with regards to stand-up would be when, uh, and also the the, the uh, equal payoff would be going out and working and saying, you know what, I could stick to the same tried and true yeah. uh, set list, yeah. or I have some thoughts that, that came to mind while I was on the subway or I was walking in the street or I'm sitting in the park, and you know what, I'm going to, uh, you know, cast aside fear and I'm just going to throw these out there and the audience can all the audience always knows audiences um aren't given enough credit for being as as uh as I think comedy literate as as they are now I That's think true. I think audiences now because say 
20, 30 years ago, you didn't have a barrage of different stand-up comedy shows or improv comedy shows from Who's Line to, uh, you know, Improv Olympics and, and yeah. UCB East and, and uh, uh, UCB West. And you you have so many spaces now yeah. for people to go and soak up live comedy regardless of uh, the presentation. It's still yeah. comedy. And... Um, and the crowd knows. So when the crowd knows that you're taking the risks, whether it's via improv or via stand-up comedy, when you throw out, throw throw out that risk and uh, and you take that chance and it and it works, yeah, the audience feels like they're in on it. The yeah, same, you know, that's the same, it. The same way, if uh, if you see, like everyone knows, I'm a big D'Angelo fan. Okay, great. All right. And I remember seeing. Uh, D'Angelo, there was a club in New York City, probably it's just one of those old school sort of throwback, almost CBGB's oh, yeah, yeah. rooms where it's it's a lounge probably holds I'll say maybe packed in yeah. uh, you know what, 500 maybe yeah uh, um, went to see him when he first, before he blew up, blew up, but oh, wow. his album like Brown Sugar had just dropped yeah, yeah, okay, okay. and you go and see something, and everyone knows they're seeing something special. They can't define it, but when they leave that space, they're like, "Yo, you you guys aren't up on this guy, but you got to check this guy Giangelo out." And then when when the person finally blows up, you almost feel proud, like, you know what? I I, I saw that before any of you were aware yeah, of it. Yeah, you know? so hip, it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the same thing. You see a brilliant uh, a brilliant performer um, uh, at, an, at an improv space. Like I, I have a couple of buddies. Um, uh, uh, buddy of mine, Le- Leonard Robinson. Um, um, he he's in L.A. Okay. And uh, Victor Varnado. Uh, he he's an, an albino comic out of uh, out of New York. I think he lives in L.A. He was in what's that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, it was like a futuristic. He played. He was like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna f you, Susie. Or, I don't. Jeez, I don't remember the name of the movie. Like, fairly recent, or no? This this is this is years ago. Okay, okay. But I remember one time, it might have been. Was it? Was it? I think it was just the one that's on. I think way down on the east side of Sunset. Um, oh, let's is that see. Improv Olympics. East side of Sunset. Or, yeah, uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood, fairly right? east. Uh, fairly east is Improv Olympic. But then now the second city's. Uh, on Hollywood Boulevard as well. Okay. But when it comes to a place that, uh, like, Second City Space hasn't been there as long as Improv Olympic, although they're doing really well as mm-hmm. far as, like, classes and tuition, the performance history of Improv Olympic, yeah, that's East. And But farther down, it's funny, that whole neighborhood farther down is UCB, too. So they're a- not directly on Hollywood. I can't remember the cross Right. Street. I think it was Io. And I remember seeing, uh, I remember seeing Victor and, and Leonard Two guys that I know separately from different coasts. Sure, sure. Even though Leonard's from uh, Connecticut, I met Leonard in L.A. And they, they, man, it was, it was, it was just like watching two, two, uh, you know, Shallon yeah. masters. One yeah. is 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 tire style, and the other is crane, and and yeah. they were just going at it. And I was like, yeah. this, and clearly saying to myself. Okay, that's not me. <laughs> I, you know, and, sure, and sure. I have no problem saying, yeah. look, you know, you know, not only your 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 skill set, but your I don't want to say limitations, but you know what you're good at. Sure, sure. And I have no problem uh, giving people props 
when they're good at something that I'm clearly not uh, uh, as as strong in. And I was watching these dudes. I was like, these dudes are good, you know. Yeah. And and um, I do that with stand up though. Okay. Like I okay. use stand up. I I respect stand up. Right. Uh, but I also use it in an open mic setting whenever I can to okay. test out things that I'll use for other projects. Okay. So okay. I respect it, but I'm also smart enough to know. Like, when I see the guys, such as yourself, like watching you last night, I can equate it to something else uh, uh, that we were just talking about. But I know when I see, like, solid, truthful, great stand-up, I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I am not at that level, right. you know, but I love I love going and doing uh, open mics or, or doing stand-up uh, in any capacity to, like, learn, like, okay, there's this thing I want to do. Does this work? Because, mm -hmm. you know, an audience tells you everything. So. Yeah, yeah. But, but what I like about what you were talking about to tie it to the idea was watching you last night. Uh, during your set was it was that same kind of moment where throughout the week you've been able to change up your material in fact you mentioned to me that some passengers had said that to you some some audience members had said that and what i like about that is you know in the room like okay whether you know from a performer's uh, a stand-up comedian mindset at the top like oh okay I've, I've gained some capital here right. now i can slow down or i can use different levels in communication right but I love that when you when you're like okay I can take a little more risk here I don't know exactly fully where this idea will pan out mm -hmm. which is different in stand up because you can go up with a half idea or a three quarter idea in stand up and see like okay I can protect it here mm -hmm. as opposed to improvising you're like ah sometimes you're completely like I have to force myself sometimes when I improvise to be like. I know if I play a certain kind of character or a thematic thing that it works for me. So I have to force myself to be like, I don't know if any of this will work, but I'm right. just going to take chances all night. Right, you know? right. So I like that there's pockets of both in there, uh, in stand-up and improvising, mm -hmm. where there's pockets of like, I have to be fearless in this moment. But I also like what you said. What I equate it to is, um, like seeing D'Angelo, I, I saw a performer that I'd like forever, this Americana singer up in Detroit. And What's I, her name? Uh, Robert Earl Keane. Okay. He's a singer-songwriter guy. Um Lyle Lovett was a friend of his. They kind of went to school at the same time. Okay. But, like this cool Americana style, like a troubadour guy. Mm -hmm. And I traveled to go see him up at this uh, club in in uh, in Detroit, like a suburb of Detroit. And I don't know if he was having a bad night or didn't feel well or what, but he was so unengaged with the audience mm. through the whole thing. So it was really, it was, and I have, you know, I have all his albums and all this. So I was disappointed and it's kind of like that cusp of things too where a lot not at the time a lot of people didn't know him as well as they do now but what i equated to was like if he had simply taken the risk or been a little bit honest with the audience i would have been with him 100 percent. if he had okay. simply said listen folks it's been a long tour i'm not feeling great but okay. i'm gonna do my best tonight okay then i would have been like fantastic right but it's the same idea too of like when you see somebody Either they take risk in what they want to communicate as an artist, you mm -hmm. know, as a musician, or somebody take, taking risk. People respond to the truth in the moment. Yeah. They can feel it in the air. Yeah. Like audiences, you know, they, they like they can smell fear. Mm -hmm. They can also smell those little moments of like, oh, this is a cool, authentic moment. Right. Like right. watching you last night and James, uh, I thought, I was like, oh, what was great about it was I was like, oh, I forgot that I was on this giant luxury vessel for a while. And I right. thought I was just in another club. Right, right. Because authentic moments sometimes are hard to come by. Yeah, there. yeah. It's, it's very... And this, 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 that's actually interesting you bring that up because being on a, on a, on a cruise ship in particular, uh, there's, there's a definite disconnect 
from the real world. Yeah, yeah. You know, they call this, um, like, uh, uh, they call it freestyle cruising, which I didn't understand the term until James explained it to me. He said, well, you know, freestyle cruising means people can eat and just leave their, their plates on the tables and someone's going to clean up after them. Yeah. And and that it's, it's pretty much... Um, saying that the, the, the crew and the cruise ship people are going to take care of everything for you, so you have yeah. nothing to worry about, which is totally disconnected <laughs> from reality. Yeah. It's, it's this false yeah. sense of, of luxury, um, but that's, that's, the, that's the business that, that uh, you know, cruise ship environment um, engenders and, and helps uh, facilitate because they're yeah. like, you know what? We want. We don't want you to have to worry about eating. Look, we'll. It's almost. It's almost like a a, a charlatan. Say, Listen, we'll we'll pay you. We're yeah. gonna do whatever you need. You need your clothes washed. We got you. Well, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. You want to drink? Drink, drink to your heart's content. Yeah. Hey, if you if you if you take uh three plates worth of food but only one, it's okay. No you problem. Wasted. <laughs> it's fine. Yes, you have people from third world countries that that work on this ship and they're looking at you like that's a lazy not good for nothing family they waste all this food for no reason you know yeah but in in once you once the people board the ship they're saying oh and i've seen it because you'll see how people are on on saturday when they first get on versus tuesday or wednesday and they're like you know they first get on the ship they're like Oh, okay, here, I'll, I'll move my... No, no, sir, no, yeah. leave your plate. <laughs> That's right, I got it, I everything's it. fine, yeah. Happy, happy, yeah, go yeah, make yeah. sure, have fun, yeah. you know, and by Wednesday, people are, are rudely summoning... Excuse me, um, yeah. can you come? I need to... I'm going to need another fork. I've never in my life seen where it, it happens in, in, in a weekly basis where yes. people will snap at another human. Oh, dude. They will snap at people. I didn't dude. think that existed. Yeah. I thought that was like in, uh, you know, some kind of uh, merchant ivory. Yeah, right. like right. some kind of merchant ivory movie or something. But you see it on a weekly basis where yeah. you're like, hey. And I'm oh, like, what? Yeah. That's another human being. What are you doing? Well, well, and and then the the I, you and I, um, because we're 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 what are called uh, yellow cards, yeah, right? Sure, so sure. even that kind of dis disgusts me because this the, there's a hierarchy and a class system involved where we have these yellow cards. I actually feel self conscious when I walk around with sure. my card exposed because I to. see how the rest of the crew that the majority of the crew have white cards. Yeah, and because we're sort of quote unquote guest entertainers, we have access. Uh, to a lot of the uh, ship's amenities that uh, that the regular crew does not. Um, but back to your original point, being in the uh, in the comedy club uh, or uh, the Illusionarium, it's all it's all very neat, neatly constructed as far sure. as. Well, you're in you're in a comedy club, but it's not really a comedy club because you have five year old children yeah. that might be sitting up front. Mm -hmm. um, and then what's crazy as a performer, people can come and go as they please. Come and go as they please, <laughs> which which is disheartening. Like you know, I, I don't I don't care how 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 much resolve you have in your, in your spirit and heart when if you're performing and you're on stage. You know, you're doing a 25, 30 minute set, and 20 yeah. minutes in, yeah. you see, you see like six people stand up and walk out. Yes, it it stings a little because you're like, well, in your mind, you're you're trudging along doing your act, but you're like, well, oh, well, okay, I I guess they didn't like me. Yeah. Um, but you but 
when you've worked it enough, you realize, you know what, it's not that they're that they don't like you. They're trying to make it to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. They're trying, oh, we have to go see yeah. the the uh legally blonde uh play that's yeah. playing in in the in the eight hundred seat uh you know uh theater. Um Or we have dinner at eight. Or we have dinner at eight. <laughs> yeah. We have reservations. So there's a lot of hurry up and wait and and, and I think the one one of the other reasons I enjoyed Excuse me, not just me, but actually myself and uh, one of the the other comedians on the on the sh- actually both comedians on, on that are on the sh- uh, ship with me, Landry oh, and uh, James Irvin Berry and Landry Landry's brother Bo. We all went to see um, see Cody and uh, Andrew put on this this show, The Illusionarium, which is um it's it's once again it's a neat leaf. A uh, packaged yeah. and scripted, constructed, constructed uh, magic show. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a it's a slick way that they've taken various magicians and illusionists yeah. and created a magic show that has a, a plot and a story, uh, a narrative to follow. Um, but ultimately, you're like, oh, so this is this is a, a magic show. But they yeah. they figured out a way to to give you a story with it sure, and what, inject stakes of right, some kind right. yeah sure yeah and what 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 I enjoyed and what we all enjoyed watching you because we've I've I've been on the ship a couple of times now so I've seen the show a few times and what we enjoyed was man how quick you were as a oh, matter of fact now you. Now I remember the first time we saw them, they have this thing called, uh, it was <laughs> called Dancing with the Getaway Stars, but legally they can't call it that anymore. So they, they call it, uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, is it the, uh, Celebrity Dance Off Celebrity Dance Off. Something weird, yeah. Where they'll take uh, four four different crew members and pair them up with four different passengers. Um, and then they have a dance contest. It's a silly dance contest. It's a way to um, just see the the uh passengers relax and root for someone and so cody is in what's called the losers lounge so what they do each uh each each time they do this every every wednesday at uh at 9 30 on the ship uh each person that uh doesn't move forward in the rounds they'll go back and do a bit they'll do a you know a stick sometimes they'll have someone go back and act like they can't, they're so uh frustrated that they lost they jump off the ship sure sure. um what cody was doing that was brilliant was (laughs) was he was uh you know comics love seeing someone get bashed (laughs) and you were you were killing you were killing everybody like the one of the first lines this guy and his wife both were in the contest and I think he was. Where was he from? Was he from Utah? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It comes back to me. So he's yeah. from from Utah, and and Cody's like, yeah, you know, uh, you know. Now I understand you got voted off, but your your um your your wife is is still out there. What about the other wives back in you? You know, and it was just like so <laughs> so quick. Uh, you know, um, there was a Filipino uh passenger, um, or or it might have actually been a crew member that was dancing with a passenger. And you said now, um, you know, um, unfortunately, you're you're just one of the few Filipinos that's on the ship, which is clearly a, a joke because the ship is filled with nothing but 
Filipinos and, right. and West Indians from St. Lucia. St. Lucia's big on Yeah, it ship. is. It is on Saint this Lucia's ship, which is nice. And that's not ship. always the case, but the trend has changed. Like, even in the last few years, it used to be thirds. Third Romania, third Philippines, oh, wow. third uh, wow. India, and then the island nations here and there. But it's kind of cool how it's changed. Right, but anyways, right, yeah, right. there's a large amount of uh, certain groups of, uh, of people on the ship that dominate the workforce. Right, so. right. And so, uh, so, yeah, so that was the moment... I, this is when uh, Pete Corielli was still on, and we're watching you uh, backstage on the big screen. And every time you're hitting like a, a, a funny line, and there were a lot of them <laughs> oh, that thank night. You, thank you. I'm dying, and then I'm looking at at James and Pete, and they're dying. I'm oh, like, that's a huge this compliment. Dude, this yeah. dude is good, and and you you because we met that night briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for a second, right before, briefly, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then afterwards, I think we were all falling over. But I think you had dipped out, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta make sure I uh, That's I tell super dude nice that, uh, that we enjoyed it." Now you said it's interesting because I know you, you're. Um, someone was like, "He's a big, he's a big deal in Second City." Yeah. Now, but you started in UCB. Well, no, I started like my first formal instruction is. Uh, I did uh, the Groundlings. Groundlings like, yeah, in well, L.A. Now, yeah. uh, break down for the people that don't know that the, there's the, the the main, I guess, the main schools of improv. Yeah. There's what the Groundlings, Groundlings, the UCB Second City, is yeah. Upright Citizens Brigade, yep. Second City, Improv Olympic, Improv yeah. Olympic. Then there's some, you know, like it's like anything else. It's like comedy clubs are or used to be as well where they're spread out too there's also there's a great school in minnesota called brave new workshop okay and then there's different branches like the pit and the magnet theaters in uh in new york okay. and then uh there's theater sports in acme in los angeles but yeah like so from new mexico i'm from new mexico originally and oh, traveled okay. To, okay. traveled around a lot as a kid in fact i'm from a rodeo family of all really things. yeah wow so my dad Whoa. oh yeah he's oh, retired but he, he was a professional rodeo announcer and if you've really? ever been in vegas in december there's uh -huh. a huge rodeo that goes for two weeks my dad used to announce that is there a name uh oh. the national finals rodeo okay. like every national december finals. it's the big it's the biggest guy like corporate sponsors attached i think it's called like the wrangler national finals Ugh, rodeo. i hate i i, I yeah. so don't like when it's too much you get the 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 commercial welcome to the sears and robux fill in the blank yeah, yeah it's too it, it's it's the national Carization of everything, right. but but uh, I was lucky to travel around the rodeo circuit as a kid, oh, wow. and then this this gig is a weird thing. Like for me, it's not something I would normally do. I mean, this kind of entertainment I love, but uh, I almost took the gig because I was like, this is a weird credit. Like to perform, <laughs> yes. you know. I really, honestly, I yes. looked at my year and I was like, well, I look back at my life, I can be like, God, that was a weird credit. But what it does, what I'm unfortunate is. Um, so I was a kid traveling around with rodeos, and we went to this magic shop in Oregon, and I saw this guy doing magic tricks, and I was okay. like nine years old. So I was like, it wasn't so much the trick or trying to fool people or you're better than someone, but I liked the fact that the guy behind the counter, there was a space between him and the audience member or the person standing there at the counter. And I thought, even as a little kid, maybe I couldn't formulate the, these words, but the idea was there, where I was like, in that space between those two people through magic, you know, uh, tricks, whatever you want to call it, it seemed like anything was possible. Mm. As a kid, I was like, there's so, there's this cool space between these two people mm -hmm. where all for a minute we believe that anything's possible. Right. So I kind of, I started performing as a kid. I paid for college mm -hmm. and my first car all with magic money. Really? Yeah. Oh, so so as a, as a young, and it's funny because you mentioned Arsenio, which, which oh, uh, yeah. cause he, he used to be, a lot of people don't know when Arsenio Hall was a kid, he was the great Arsenio. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah great magician. magician. Yeah, he's yeah. Great magician. Johnny Carson, same way, Dick Cavett. Oh, okay. So these guys that like had uh, magic in their background. And uh, and then speaking of Johnny Carson, when I was a kid and been doing magic for a while, this was like Carson's last years, you know? Mm. Um, it's like 90. Yeah, okay. yeah, like, oh, you're right. Yeah, like 89, 89 well, maybe 88 even, something like okay. that. I remember as a little kid watching and Jonathan Winters was on it. Oh, yeah. Who's, who's a brilliant improv. Oh, the best. Yeah, he I was mean, the best. He, he was, for those who don't know, for the the uninformed, <laughs> and it's, it's frustrating, you, you got to make sure no, yeah, um, that, yeah. that people know, but for those who don't know, go go Google Jonathan Winters. He was uh, he was Robin Williams' uh, hero. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you yeah. ever watched Robin Williams, who was brilliant at improv yeah. and just going, uh, there's stories of, of, of Robin Williams just going on stage totally unscripted and just going for for yeah. you know an uh, unlimited amount of time and killing the whole time. Yeah, you know, killing like you, when you're a one man band and improvising, it's risky business because right. improvising relies so much on a sharing of ideas right, right. or the other person, right. which is cool. It makes it a cool or art a form. mild schizophrenia. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Robin was and Jonathan Winters and these guys that were solo improvisers were so unique because they could go out there. And just and what's cool, I'm in no way am I equating myself to these guys, mm-hmm. but because I'm not working in an improvised uh, or improvisational ensemble on this gig, right, right. I kind of have to rely on my own thing. And what they did is what I'm doing, which is I rely on um, a little bit of audience input or mm-hmm. how the audience is reacting stuff to spark the next moment. Right. But anyways, um, yeah, like Jonathan, I watched Jonathan Winters and I thought that is magic. Like I was into magic and I go. Oh my god! Improvisation feels like magic. Ah, oh, so okay. I was like, and then I paid. You know, went through all. I think I retired in quotations from magic when I was nineteen, and then went out. Are to you LA. in college at, at this point? You're you you've paid for college with your magic, and yeah. now you're kind of hanging yeah, up the just out of college. Jersey. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raise their the top hat goes to right, the rafters. Right, right. Did you? What was your what was your magician name? Did you have? Oh, uh, you know, ju- just my. I lucked out because my last name's Dove, so okay. I never even I never planned on getting into magic right. because of my name. Right. And I swear to God, I didn't know that my name was a good sounding magic name uh-huh. until I was almost done. I was like, oh. Oh yeah, uh-huh. that's a good sounding magic name. Right. Doves are in magic. My last name's Dove. Okay, but I so I kind of so hung you up didn't the... land on on Dove. <laughs> Dove landed on you. That's right. <laughs> it rever- It was a reverse right. process. But uh, so I kind of retired from that, and mm-hmm. then I went out to L.A. and um, started taking classes with the with the Groundlings. Was the first place. Okay. And okay. then a buddy of mine in the class, and what's kind of cool, he had kind of a parallel career to me, where he went on his main stage for the Second City in Toronto a little bit before I did my main stage experience uh, as a performer, you mm-hmm. know, main stage is the big thing that you aim for. Right. Like, uh, as, every, as an improv actor. Exactly. And yeah. And what's cool is, you know, it, it really is a pinnacle across all theaters because, uh, UCB improv Olympic, all these different places, um, out of all of them, the second city, when you're hired for their main stage, mm-hmm. is an equity contract, and it's like a career. Like, explain, it, explain to them yeah. what what equity. I know what. Oh equity yeah, is no problem. problem. Equity is the uh, actors' union, which governs over live performance. Right. Example: all the perform, most of the performers on Broadway. Right. You know, off Broadway is different, but your main Broadway productions are all equity. Right. So, like, if people have heard of Screen Actors Guild or SAG AFTRA. That uh, pertains to movies and television right. and some radio. And then uh, Actors' Equity Association is all those professionals that you see performing on stage. Right. So with the Second City, you are an equity actor. Okay. It's amazing. Okay. You know, right. like I'm this kid from a ranch in New Mexico. And next thing I know, they're like, here's your equity card. Right. 
and it was like amazing. So what's the what's the timeline from you retiring uh, your magician uh, your 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 top hat yeah. at age nineteen? <laughs> yeah. To becoming main stage with Second City. Well, that was about yeah, like nineteen or so. I kind of phased out of magic a little bit. And the big thing was, I was like, I want to get rid of these props and just focus on acting and improvising. Okay. So I went to Which LA. Which had to be a, a challenge because for years you're link you're you have a, a crutch of sorts. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I thought of this just thinking of coming to talk to you. I thought of this today too, where it's funny, like what I'm doing in this show here is a very close cousin to prop comedy because magician comedy magician relies on those things to convey what's happening magically right. and a comedy magician since time began and will go on for decades and decades the right. format is this i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing it's funny that i don't know what i'm doing bam surprise it's magic right. there's a surprise right. at the end right. that's comedy right. magic in a nutshell i'm not good at my job i don't know what right. i'm doing wow look what How i did, did this happen? <laughs> Ta -da. and that's everybody from like the amazing jonathan and right. and fielding west and you know even steve martin when he was doing magic before right that's he, true. yeah that's he true. performed yeah. at that magic shop at disneyland is kind of his first like uh you know entry into show business and even his style of like magic when he was doing it in the shop you right. know according to that that great book of his um born standing up great book oh i love great it book. i yeah. love it it's it, it's I, I think i got it for christmas as a gift one yeah. year and i just sat and just read it yeah. i didn't even move i just yeah, read yeah. the whole thing it's, it's a it's a it, it, it on a side note it's, it's a great book because um Anyone, anyone, you probably like me. You love. Everyone has a different journey, and yeah. so learning how someone goes from literally nothing or being, quote unquote, a no one as far as the rest of the world understanding yeah. them to Steve Martin becoming the 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 hottest comic on the planet, yeah. playing Madison Square Garden, playing the you know eighteen thousand plus seater in a white suit with yeah. an arrow through his head. Yeah. Um and, and then going on to classic movies like the the Jerk and Roxanne and and you know and Three Amigos who can forget oh man had, had to give Lauren Michaels a shout out no. you got to yeah I love that movie <laughs> you know man. um so yeah so you step yeah. away from from the the crutch yeah it, it's a weird you know and it was kind of it's an analogy for improvising too where it's like. There's a saying, you know, improvisers love using different things that are historically like uh, these models or things. And one of the things is um, jump and the net will appear, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to have that mentality at a pretty young age to be like, all right, I'm going to trust. I don't know. I was just driven. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how it's going to happen from some, some small town in New Mexico. But I was like, I have to take these risks. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm going to put all this aside and just jump. And then, you know, at Los Angeles, as you know, it it is a big intimidating thing. Yes, it is. You're coming out of a you know you're coming out of a small town, uh, and you go out there and it's like so many people in L.A. It's a, probably an old joke that other people have come up with, but I always said L.A. should be called Me Too because I moved uh, from I moved uh, from New uh, Mexico to study improvisation. That was my whole focus. Right. I didn't want to you know I wasn't trying to be uh, I didn't, wasn't trying to be Tom Cruise. I wasn't trying to uh, whatever people move out there for music modeling right. whatever. I just was like I want to come out here and learn how to improvise because mm -hmm. it was closer than Chicago. Okay. And a guy that I opened up for in college one time doing stand up, a guy named Keith Stubbs, who uh, he owns. Uh, some clubs in Salt Lake City. He owns okay. those laughs clubs out there. But I was opening up for him. And he goes, why don't you go to the Groundlings? It's closer than Chicago. Mm. You're not too far from New Mexico. And I, and I literally was like, okay. 
So uh, went out so there. So you sound like you had a, a, a methodical approach. You, you, you a were, little bit, yeah. You were um, you you approached it from a logical, from an educated standpoint, as opposed to just saying, you know, you hear so many stories about. I'm gonna go to LA with with fifteen. It's always fifteen hundred dollars. It is. It is. It's yeah. always. I went to LA with fifteen hundred dollars and a dream. Yeah. And then I was in porn. Right. That's exactly. But, it. Yeah. I took a wrong you, turn. You yeah. said to yourself, you know what? Um, well, number one, you you were performing as a. Now, did you open for Keith in college as a magician? No. Uh. Well, you know what's funny? Actually, uh, that might have been a different comedian. But there was times okay. where I was hybriding. Because okay. I was like, I don't trust my material. Okay. I'm going to add some little bit of comedy, weird comedy stuff. And, and, you know, like the guys that I looked up to, uh, whether it was the quirkiness of Steve Martin or stuff, it was like kind of weird, quirky, conceptual stuff, mm-hmm. too. Okay. But it was always in my back pocket because I was like, I feel comfortable doing this. Right, now, right, my material right. about whatever was in the news or whoever I was trying to emulate in stand-up, that stuff, I was like, well, okay, I'll do half and half. So if I start dying, I can bring out this box and right. like produce a bunch of flowers is, from it. <laughs> which is what you do. You you lean on when you first when you first start in in anything, you're gonna lean on your 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 strengths. I know when mm. I started off, I probably had uh, two minutes material and and uh, you know sixteen impressions and yeah, yeah. or uh, here and now here's Boys to Men and uh, Jodeci and here's yeah. Michael Jackson. Not because they were necessarily funny, but I was yeah. like, okay, I can I can hide behind. Yeah. This may not get a laugh, but people say, well, he does sound like uh, Wanye from Boys to Men. So I think yeah. it's the same thing. You lean on. Your, your strengths. Were you the kind of guy, like, I, I uh, somehow, I mean, it's I'm surprised that I didn't, but were you the kind of guy, when you're really young and starting out, did you pretty much lift somebody else the first couple of times you went? Were you that kind I, of guy? I was doing, I didn't, because I remember Eddie Murphy said, he, Eddie said when he, uh, when he, this is like the first time he was on Arsenio's old show, he said, uh, Arsenio was like, now I heard you used to uh, do oh, Richard Pryor. Sure. He was like, he was like, I used to go on, on stage at these talent shows, and my mom would bring me to these uh, shows, and she would see her little boy tell some outlandish, dirty jokes, <laughs> and then say, it's a Richard Pryor tribute. <laughs> he said, it's a tribute. And he said he would do all of Richard's acts, yeah. same cussing and everything, yeah. and then at the end, it's a tribute. Um... <laughs> I ne- because because I saw Eddie say that I think uh, preserved me from not doing that. Yeah. I remember a, a comic. It's funny you always remember like the first couple of years, any criticism you got. And um, there sure. was a comic named uh, Douglas Berryhill, Doug Berryhill, and he was. Uh, this is I, I started. Um, I was in college in Rochester, so Berryhill was was an established local dude. Okay, and I did a show. And I, 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 um, I was doing an impression of, uh, oh, uh, 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 not Gilbert Godfrey, uh, uh, Bobcat, Bobcat Goldberg. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. And I, I did his joke. Yeah. I did it. This is right after Rodney King. He's like, if if you ever see me uh, getting beat up by the police, uh, put down the camera and help. Right? Yeah, yeah sure. It gets a laugh. Yeah. So then, it, but I wasn't. I I didn't think at least I was stealing his joke. I was doing an impression of him, and as his and, material, and, yeah, and, yeah, and his material. Yeah, so yeah. Barry Hill afterwards pulled me aside. He's like, yeah, man, you know, um, that's that's a great impression, but. Um, you're doing his act by doing that, oh. and 
I so I, that, but actually, I appreciated him saying it. Sure, sure. He, I, he wasn't saying it maliciously or saying, yeah. "Hey, kid, get in line. What the hell are you doing?" Sure, sure. He was just pulling me to the side, saying, "Listen, if you're gonna do the impressions, you know, do your own take on them." Yeah. Which actually has stayed with me to this day. I, I and everyone that listens knows I can't. I don't like when uh, when guys that do impressions, comics that do impressions. Yeah. Uh, just do the the sort of hackneyed approach the of standard. What, yeah. What What if Arnold Schwarzenegger was a oh, janitor? Yeah, what yeah. would that be like? And then yeah. you just take a bunch of lines from a movie and throw them in at, with him as a janitor. With, oh no! Don't come in here. I'm cleaning. Get out. You know whatever. Yeah. 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 Um. It reminds me. This This is a side note. I saw. I saw Tim Conway and Harvey Corman on tour. Oh, wow. And I was the youngest person in the audience by 50 years. But I, mean, I was like right in the middle of these people. But I remember they had an act in there because older guys, this is when Harvey was still alive. But I remember they had um, a comic between what they were doing come out. But it was verbatim what you're describing. Oh. She's like, what if Porky Pig, Roseanne Barr, and uh, you know Richard Nixon were in an elevator? And I was like... <laughs> Uh, and even the audience around me, like we were talking about when an audience smells truth, uh-huh. even these older people around me that probably would enjoy the cat skills or whatever, right. they, around me, they were just like, no. It was very oh, quiet wow. during her act. They're oh. like, we're not into it. They love Corman and Conway. Of course. Even when they were, you know. Well, they're there for the, they're, they're the, they're the main course versus yeah. this, this hacky, uh, you know, appetizer of, 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 uh, runny potatoes or what, you know, that's, yeah. that's what it comes off as. Um, and all, for th- those who may not remember, Harvey and uh, and uh, Tim, they they were brilliant on Carol Burnett's show. And you know what? It hit me. Um, Jonathan Winters, for for any TV heads, um, it may even be on TV Land. Jonathan Winters played when Robin Williams had uh, Mork and Mindy. I think in see it was definitely jumping the jumping the shark. Sure, yeah. Yes, probably the original jump yeah, the shark. It was, it was one of the original. Like there, there was Fonzie literally jumping the shark yeah, on, yeah. on Happy Days, and then Mork and Mindy saying, "Now let's have a baby." But what was funny was yeah. they did the opposite because most TV shows when they jump the shark, they add a baby. So what they did, they added a baby, but Mork and Mindy's baby was Jonathan Winters because yeah. babies from Ork age backwards. And uh, and I I think I was I was reading something recently, and it was it was uh, just it might have been Pam Pam Dorber who played uh, Mindy yeah. on this on the show, and she was just saying how when Robin and Jonathan were on set, yeah, they would just say let the cameras go, and yeah. they would just these two dudes were just like championship yeah. boxers going back yeah. and forth. I love them, I and love and both. which you you wish they would release those. Oh those, God, those I love tapes it. Of, I lo- of the, the Mork and Mindy's on DVD, so I wonder if there's any behind the scenes oh, stuff. Yeah, I don't know if there yeah. is, but another great clip for people to get an excellent taste of Jonathan Winters like full power is on the Jack Parr show. One time, uh, Jack Parr uh, had a like just a stick. He gives him the stick, and I he goes like, that. "What can you do with and, this?" Yeah, and he just he, yeah. like watching him in in Robin Williams, and it's it that stick moment is um, equal to an inside the actor's studio when Robin Williams are like, "Well, you you want you just like." Lipton right. just says, like just, just play go, or just maybe John, maybe Robin just took it upon himself. But he, I remember Robin Williams got a pashmina, like a little scarf from someone in the audience, uh-huh. and did like fifteen minutes yeah. with it. Yeah. And that's too because we've all heard, especially with Robin being so much in the news with his passing. But everyone's like, man, eh, he borrowed a lot and he stole a lot, whether he meant to or not. Right. But in those fifteen minutes, and that's all online too. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. takes an item from an audience yeah. member 
and for 15 minutes, it's as good as anything they could have ever accused yeah. him of stealing. Yeah. So it, he was, yeah. yeah, those two were amazing. Yeah, br- yeah. brilliant, man. So you, you, you moved to L.A. Yeah. You're, you're, in, uh, you're in the Groundlings. Taking some Groundlings classes, who, yeah. At, at this point, who from the Groundlings is, yeah. is uh, a star? Because what um, some people, most people know, but a lot of people don't know, is that um, at one point, and still to this day, I guess, uh, you had three sort of houses, the, the, the main three, Second City, mm-hmm. Groundlings, and would it be UCB? Because UCB is newer, wouldn't it be? Oh, you know what I would say as far as channels to Saturday channels Night Live? Channels to SNL, yeah. Yeah, I w- always looked at it this way, and you could speak much uh, more to this than I, but I always looked at it this way. The three channels leading to SNL from the beginning, mm-hmm. and, and it's I think it's still this way to a large degree, although they have more theaters to look at right. to scout. It was... Um, People with the stand-up background, right. the Second City, right. and the Groundlings. Okay. And okay. the Groundlings came in later because right. the Second City is the oldest, right. you know, right. not right. the oldest compared to stand-up, but oldest when it comes to the right. theater. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, those were like the three farm teams. So. And then UCB, would you yeah. say UCB sort of popped once Amy... Like, yeah, like definitely. That's very like when, true. When I started with her, like yeah, that's when then, I first started hearing Upright oh, Citizens Brigade. Yep. And then it be it. I actually remember Upright Citizens Brigade, and then you just started hearing the word UC, the term sure. UCB. Yeah, her and Matt uh, Matt Walsh and Matt Besser, right. those three uh, started Upright Citizens Brigade, and then it got a lot of exposure. I don't know if I'm right about this, but I think even before they had a school and a theater, uh-huh. I think the television show the predated show that. Yeah, that Comedy oh, okay. Central show. Okay. So you had that school, which since then was whether it's you know. Uh, Ed Helms or, uh, you know, the people that came out of just that program who right. have now gone to other things. Right. But yeah, I remember Ed working the door at Boston Comedy Club. Really? Yeah, I remember, I remember, uh, always friendly, always, always, always a cool dude. Yeah. But it's funny, I, until, actually, maybe right now, I never realized that he came through the UCB, uh, channel. Yeah. I, I yeah. knew that he, um... He had done work on uh, 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 politically incorrect. I'm dating um, the Daily Show. Oh right, exactly as a correspondent. Show, yeah. As a correspondent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I knew him as a stand-up, and then I was like, "Oh, uh, dude, Ed. He was he was always a nice guy." So oh, that's I, cool. I, so yeah. you're always happy when when someone starts getting a, a bubble and gets success. So I remember the Daily Show, and then he went to the office, and yeah. then obviously the the Hangover and, and such, uh, yeah. you know, blew him up. But um, well, the office is a good example too because you have. Uh, these different channels meeting like like Saturday Night Live. Right. You have Steve Carell from the Second right. City, right. and then you have um, Ed Helms from UCB. Like mm-hmm. he kind of got a lot of exposure right. there. And then I'm sure uh, I can't speak to it, but I'm sure there's a performer or an actor on that show. Well, there's another Second City, uh, Kate Flannery, who uh, played Meredith on the show. She's a Second City touring oh, okay. company vet. Okay. But I'm sure out of that uh, stable of people as well, there's got to be someone with a stand-up background. You yeah, know, yeah. You know. well, Craig Robinson. Craig, Craig Robinson. Craig's a stand-up. Yeah. Um, uh, Patrice O'Neill, our, our, our buddy, uh, Daily Departed, Patrice O'Neill, he was he a was, uh, stand-up, and obviously he was on... Uh, a couple of episodes in the early years of the office. Yeah, so, super talented. So guy. at so at the time you're you're a groundling. Yeah, and I'm exposedly in the Sunday Company. Here's two cool things. So in the Sunday Company, when I first got in there, I used to go watch Chris Parnell oh, and just okay. be blown away by the little character details that he yeah. had. You know, yeah. he. Uh, the Groundlings all because it's it's like any improvisational theater where there's stakes and a billion people competing for twelve jobs. Right. You know what I mean? It's right, kind of yeah. it's like mini SNL where it's like there's this many slots right. and nine million people. Right. Um, 
But so I'd watch Chris Parnell in the Sunday Company, and then uh, Michael McDonald, who would go on to a lot of success with Mad, Mad TV. TV. He was on the main stage at the time. And mm-hmm. a cool thing, although Mike Myers is Second City based, mm-hmm. um, I remember I was in the lobby and there was a flyer handed out said Mike Myers presents a one man, and it was free for students. Mm-hmm. It was free for Groundling students, okay. and it's like Mike Myers presents a one man show in progress. International Man of Mystery. Are you kidding me? Is all it was called. Wow. I still have the flyer. Really? But here's the crazy thing. So I go and I'm like, great. Oh, Mike Myers. Oh my God. Right. You know, he's at, at this. He's already on SNL. Yeah. Or if. Point. Or maybe or, even gone. Maybe. Okay, you know. Okay, okay. He's definitely already had the success of Wayne's World at that okay. point. Wayne's World one and two at that point. Um, so I go and then of course this just the way that things work. Uh, he ended up. Uh, canceling that show that I was going to go attend, oh, but I still have the flyer. I'm like, yeah, the oh, flyer that's, though. That's, that's a that's 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 one of those things that when when you really want to uh, you know blow people's minds on like Instagram, you're like, you yeah. know, what, let, me, let me post this. Hey, <laughs> that's a good idea. And I remember in the lobby too, two of the nicest people. I did not know them. They didn't know me from mm-hmm. anyone. But I remember one night I met Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry both. They oh, were okay. during the hiatus. Okay. They were back they at came, the ground. Came back to LA to, okay. And then it was a weird night where a lot of forces I may get my uh my line of thinking messed up, but I think I was there watching Hot Cup of Talk, which is a show Kathy Griffin was hosting. Okay. So this is like comedy nerd heaven for me because I go and take my seat. I'm sitting next to in the audience, mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to Kevin Nealon. Oh wow! And then on who's an, who's an awesome, so yeah, nice, sweet. Fellow. And I told I had to tell him I go, man, I've always loved your work, and he couldn't have been more cordial and such a mm-hmm. such a nice guy. And then uh, on stage, you know, that night was like Julia Sweeney was telling a oh, story. Wow, wow. Kathy would host this thing where they would tell real stories from their life, and they okay. get so much time. So it was now like, was Kathy was Kathy a groundling? She was, yeah. I never, I never knew that. Yeah, she taught as a teacher for many years really? there too. Yeah, but that's where she got her start. And then of course the big like the Mount Rushmore of uh of groundlings too. I'm trying not to leave anybody out. There's so many amazing people right. like uh Anna Gasteyer, Will Ferrell, Will. Sherry O'Terry. Okay. Uh, and then you get some cool stuff. You get people like Pat Morita. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Was he a Mr. Miyagi. I never yeah. knew Mr. Miyagi. I yeah. knew he was a I knew he was a stand up cuz oh, I remember yeah. During happy days, this is this has to be like old footage. I remember seeing him um, at Bud Freeman's improv, like uh, yeah. him doing stand up yeah. um, at maybe Annie's night at the improv or something. Was but it I a character? Was it character based? Um, ah, you know what? I I won't even lie, but I I remember saying, "Oh, that's because uh, I remember him as uh, he was he uh, was he Al on, on uh, Arnold. Arnold Arnold yeah yeah right? yeah the and best I remember, the like I remember his <laughs> like, and I was like yo this dude is actually a comedian yeah I didn't and, and so until right now go yeah. back well no but he's a part of a cool group there's so many people that came to like Cassandra Peterson who was Elvira she's oh. a groundling and of course it, for, in my book when it comes to the Mount Rushmore the guy in the center holding the place together for uh-huh. me would be Phil Hartman. Yeah. Like he came from the ground, but then you also have Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman right. came from there. Right. Okay, and uh, I mentioned Julia Sweeney and um, wow. Melanie Hutzel and all you know, like so many people that um, that came through there. And then so you know that channels into Second City. So in the Seven lobby, years. How how how? When did uh when did the Groundlings start? Uh, the know? Groundlings. Uh, so like in the seventies. It had yeah, to be probably. Yeah, I'd say the seventies. Yeah, that makes okay. sense okay. from seeing old photos around that right. time. Of the people that well, because I'm thinking like Elvira and and uh, Pat Morita, the they all definitely popped 
like mid to late 70s yeah so. that's right oh, and you know what's cool like thinking you saying that makes me think like so that theater especially because it's la you know la hollywood minded has always been a showcase for those people since mm-hmm. the days it opened you know um uh chris Catan's father was involved heavily and he's a groundling chris Catan's a groundling right, right. He, his father was involved in the early days of the theater and gary austin was the guy that kind of came up with the whole place oh, and the concept okay. of it so uh and well, then because i know on a side note i remember Catan had a character um his was it it might have been his last season last season and a half he had a he had a character sort of based on his dad and i want to oh. say i think his dad came and did he had he had this like old-timey uh uh, uh catskill comedian yeah i remember that and, and i remember uh was it a guy on a drum kit too yeah fred, fred armison yeah. was on the, on the drums yeah and, yeah and, he just, you know, hit the hit the. I love that, by the way. That's that's that whole run. That sketch oh, killed me. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was hilarious. And his dad, uh, Chris Kitan's dad. I'm not sure if I. I want to say he might have passed away, but his name's Kip King. It's his oh, father, right, who was right. involved with that whole process. Yeah, yeah. He's a and, nice guy. I remember he was a nice guy. And that guy. night when I met Will and, and Sherry there, too, uh, Chris Kattan was there as well, so I talked to him. So in one night, all these things converged, and then I can equate that to, okay, so I'm in L.A., uh, do the groundlings for a while, and then a buddy of mine in class is like, you know, you get quicker stage time at this place called Improv Olympic. So I was like, uh, you know how you are when you're younger, like, you stage start, time. Yeah, yeah of course. Of <laughs> so course. I, I went over there and... But like uh, I said, you're very pragmatic. You know, you... Uh, you, 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 you well, you I think I was lucky, too, like... Uh, and I could have benefited from this and can still benefit from being like, okay, where is this going or how can I best use my time? Right. But I just looked out there. I was like, okay, I need to get more stage time. I know that this is not this is not coming easy to me and I know that repetition and stuff will teach me what I need to do. So we went there and like my friend David Shore had said, he's like, um, I was in a couple of classes at Improv Olympic and I think after two levels, you know, and there's like, I don't know, eight classes a level or so, um, the guy that was running the place at the time was like, we're going to put you on a team. And in oh. and, and, and Improv Olympic speak, that means we're going to put you in this group of improvisers and you're going to do regular shows. So I was put in with all these vets. and it was Quickly. It was th- yeah, and it was sink or swim. Like my buddy Dave was like, you were the golden, I don't know if I was the golden boy, but I know that I felt lucky and a little over my head when they were like, okay, you're getting in with all these vets. And here's a cool thing, like dropping all these people's names. Um in my first, they call it a Herald team at Improv Olympic. It's a form of improvisation, long-form improvisation. And my first team was the guy that played uh, Blossom's older alcoholic brother. I remember. Mike Stoinoff. Yeah. He was in my first team. So I'm this kid, and I'm just kind of getting my feet underneath me. And then during his smoke breaks, we'd be out in front of the theater. Yeah, he had a... He had a why? Why I can remember his voice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very unique voice. Yeah. You're right. He yeah. had like a like not gruff, but definitely like a deeper voice than right. what his look was. Right. So we'd be out in the front of the theater, and these middle aged uh, women from the Midwest that never fails would like swarm him. Uh-huh. And this is years after Blossom was uh-huh. off the air. So it was like a cool experience to be in with all these vets, where every night, like it's bad to be in your head, but as an improviser, I learned quick to be like be efficient. Mm-hmm. Don't waste people's time out there and get right to the heart of what the stakes are. Get to the heart of what it is. Now, I wish I would have had that mindset. It just wouldn't have been possible. I wish I would have had the mindset of, like, don't care so much, but, but forget but, it. But, but, I mean, you, you, you just, you're getting, like, this big opportunity. You're, like, the, when, I don't care who you are. As soon as people say you're the golden child, you're the yeah, golden yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. you're you're the one, you're Neo. Forget it, yeah. Now you have this this insurmountable amount of pressure where you're saying, 
I'm not gonna sweat it, but you are sweating it. By, oh, yeah. by just saying I'm not gonna sweat it, you yeah. are sweating it. And now yeah. you're like, geez, I I have to deliver. Yeah, only even by your own standards right. in your head, you're just like, oh, maybe you know. In looking back, he was just a friend being nice and saying mm-hmm. that, you know. And I was lucky to be on it. It was just or, fortunate. I mean, I, 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 I've only known you for what a week and a half, but <laughs> uh, you could have. I mean. From watching you on stage now in in different se- in three different settings, one instructional, one where you're kind of having to feed off of what's happening um, out of your vision, your line of sight. Oh yeah, and, I was and, different. And, and yeah. <laughs> fixing and and keeping the the energy going as a uh, as the behind the scenes commentator versus you doing your actual show. Yeah. You, you, there, I there is probably some natural talent based on the oh, things you've told me. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's really all about uh, um, focus and, and 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 honing your craft. You sure. know? Yeah, you're um, right. You're right. Like yeah. in, like anyone like. Um, I imagine, like when you were very, very young into it and starting. I imagine you, you had this, um, you know, this almost supernatural ability to either mimic or flesh out a character yeah, or a voice. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. And then it's right. like, oh, how can I best use those tools? Because watching you last night uh, during your set, like I, I want y'all to know, I'm not paying him to uh, keep bringing it up. <laughs> I, I, I will say, no, last I'm night, a fan I, I was, of yours. I, I had, I was happy with last night's set, though. But but also to hear and see it live, like something like um, you like you said, using the tool of a voice or a character like Denzel Washington your, to your advantage on stage, and it's also like we all recognize whether it's you enjoying what what I was doing or me watching you work. What I love about it too is in a lot of comedians, either they like jazz music or they can equate it to it. Mm-hmm. I love watching it because it's like, oh, mm-hmm. they really know how to play whatever their instrument is, right. and then watching them in any given moment be like, oh. I need to trill here for a minute. Right. And this will get me to this. I always call them like little lily pads. I'm like, I'm here. Now, what's the weirdest path I can take to I know where's a safe landing over right, there? Right. So I love watching people get to their lily right, pads right, right. in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I did the ground leads, did improv Olympic. And then I was I, I was on the road doing lights and sound for this rodeo company. So I was kind of had that so in my back So you still pocket. had the, the, the rodeo. Yeah. I never. If you needed to like say make money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that was my fallback job was so rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's still in the industry versus telemarketing. You're you know? right. In 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 what was cool was in these NBA NBA arenas where we were doing these rodeos, like all through the Midwest in the winter of all yeah. places. It was a crazy tour. Yeah. But we'd go into a place like Gund Arena. It was called Gund Arena at the time where the Cavaliers play. Uh-huh. And it's nineteen thousand people at a rodeo. Yeah. So I was in charge of all the sound and lights and production stuff. So I was involved in entertainment and you know, whether it was watching the you know, of all things, watching rodeo clowns and how they deal with a large audience, mm-hmm. I was still absorbing it. So then later, when when I went back to LA and being there just to improvise, it's a little taxing because it's like you're you're dealing with traffic, you're dealing with expense, and your focus is just like I'm here to learn. Like I'm here to go to the dojo. Right. I'm not worried about headshots. I don't. I mean, if an agent, okay, great, but that's not my focus. My focus is to learn as much as I can about comedy. So after a Which while. Is imp- Impressive, man. Well, I think it's young and dumb, you know, and just being like, "That's my soul focus." <laughs> no, but I, I can, uh, as 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 someone that does have a, a part, at least a partial purist in me, you you can appreciate someone that's. It sounds like you were just. I'm about the work, and I'm about yeah, yeah, uh, getting better. Yeah, exactly. At, at this thing that is is is. is it's. It sounds like it's. A, it was a calling. It yes. wasn't. You didn't stumble into it. You know, the the uh, uh, being a young magician 
um, slash rodeo, uh, you know, rodeo kid, kid yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all sort of helped lead you to, especially uh, watching Jonathan Winters and, and yeah. uh, you know, some of your, your heroes that were iconic. It led you to this road of of uh, excuse me the the groundlings and in, in improv in college and you know the improv yeah. in college and then the groundlings and and, and so forth. Yeah. So it's it's always funny watching the sort of the the road and then how it all kind of makes sense. But it, it yeah. back then it didn't make sense. But no. Now because I'm I'm only standing at the end at this end of it. Sure. And I'm like oh. Oh, you, uh-huh. can, you can sort of, yeah. uh, you know, follow the dots and connect yeah. the dots and say, okay, it, it sounds like it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Even, you know, what I love, too, talking to you the other night about how you were saying when you were at a crossroads of deciding with the different opportunities you had right before Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. something like Saturday Night Live, which, to me, I mean, you having that opportunity and doing that, like whatever path led you to that point too. And I can only imagine, did you, did you see after your seasons at SNL, did you, were you able to look back or is there still such a wash of everything? Were you able to look back at that point and be like, Oh my God. I, you know what? It's, it's he's, he's referring to, and I've, I've told you all this story, um, probably in episode two of the Mug protocol about having the, the, the mad TV offer coming first and then saying no to SNL and then, uh, possibly having a deal with a network and then finally saying, okay, well, SNL uh, said they'd give me an answer within a week or so, yeah. and, and so it and it worked out. I I see. I I'm, I'm always a type that even in the midst of the storm yeah. or the chaos, I I. I I'm I'm in the moment. I'm able to be in the moment. You could during and during your time. During, yeah. during during the moment, even 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 uh, at its worst, even at its most okay. taxing or frustrating. Uh, with, what do you with attribute SNL, that to? Uh, my parents and the military. Oh, that's good. Honestly, Which branch did you serve in? Um, I was in the army. Oh, that army, okay. Yeah, I think you did reserve. mention that. Yeah, thanks yeah. for your service. Oh yeah, man. And I college is expensive, so. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I, th- I think. Um, when you have a, a drill sergeant yelling at you with a full 80 pound rucksack on your back, yeah, you're, yeah. you're wearing your BDUs and it's 110 degrees in South Carolina with these, with these ants that are an orange and an inch long. And you're, uh, he's like, uh, get your dick in the dirt and, and give me, give me 25 diamonds private. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it kind of gives you perspective, like no matter how hard, yeah. Anything in entertainment is, yeah, it ain't that. You know? Yeah, it's true. not that. That's true. I, yeah. I, I don't have to deal with the fact that I'm homesick, and we we're having a, a we we just marched twelve miles with with all this weight on our back, um, for about seven hours. We get back to the barracks at at uh, you know zero three thirty. Yeah. Hours and we have to wake up at at uh, you know zero four thirty. They gave us till zero five hundred to wake up. Oh. I, you know I so regard any anyone knows me and some people I think misread it as me being um, me being passive because I, I I remember uh, I think my my agent at the time was a great agent um, Jim has he was at Paradigm. I think they thought that I was. I think they relayed to. Uh, Lauren and Kenny Among and Lauren's lieutenants okay. that I uh, I was when I was on the bubble at SNL yeah. that I was like well Dean's Dean just waiting for once Tracy leaves he'll pop and I I always would say no don't don't 
I'm not waiting. Yeah. I'm in my office on Sunday writing. I go in on Sunday to write because I want to. I'm I'm doing everything I can. Yeah. And not until my not until midway through my second season. Yeah. Was when the weight really I started feeling the weight and the and the pressure. That's great. Because, and I bet that's super rare. Yeah. 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 Um. Because and, and it, it became. It became heavy and taxing and frustrating because I was doing everything that I thought you had to do uh. to to survive. Um, because you know, Tracy used to say SNL is a microcosm of of the industry, yeah. and it really is. It really yeah. is. You sure, know, sure. You, you um, you're only as hot as your most recent success. So if you've uh. gone two weeks without having anything, without being in an, an episode, sure. You're like the the Hollywood's forgotten about me. Yeah. You know the show's forgotten me for, about me, and so in the grand scheme of Hollywood, you're like, geez, I'm uh, I'm not I'm not getting booked anywhere. Hollywood's forgotten about me. That's yeah. how you feel. From and, like five pictures a year to nothing the next year. Right, okay, right. Okay. You know, and so um, and and then on top of that, I I I'm I'm getting married that that following summer. We 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 have a, a one year old daughter. So you know oh, yeah. all of the the pressures started get the 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 humanity of 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 me not being superhuman as much as i as much as i i have supreme faith and confidence in myself yeah you you start panicking like man i i don't care about me but yeah. i gotta feed this kid and i gotta yeah. pay for this wedding i bought this ring i gotta you know yeah and so those things sort of grounded me but through it all i i uh it's funny with the uh with the 40 anniversary airing recently so a picture of uh, Dan Aykroyd, and I remember my my final episode was a uh, Beyonce. Um, Beyonce was the musical guest. Dan wow. Aykroyd was the was the guest okay. host, and I had a sketch. I had an update piece where I was playing Morpheus from uh, like, yeah yeah. When I write when I write the 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 forty one episodes book that that I've already been working on for forever. Um, yeah. I I always said I'm going to include uh, the this update piece yeah. that I still have because the update piece killed, but I remember Dan Aykroyd. I don't know where I was, but I remember hearing him say, but Dean's, uh, you know what? Max Brooks actually might oh, have yeah. told me. Max, okay. Okay. Love him. Uh, buddy of mine. He was a writer on the show. And, and I think he might've said, yeah, you know, Dan Aykroyd was even like, yeah, but Dean's Dean's Morpheus is going right. And they, everyone just kind of, didn't say anything, and once I heard that, I was like, "I, I, I'm, this is probably it." But I still remember, yeah, partying like a rock star on my last episode. Sure, I, I, Beyonce was coming out solo. She was doing, um, she was doing crazy in love. Wow, yeah. Her dancers wanted to watch tape in my dressing room. I didn't let them because my wife and I were having argument that night and i was like i don't feel like being bothered yeah but it's the last thing i need yeah 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 it's some fine women watching themselves uh oh uh oh uh oh uh oh you know booty bouncing and and uh but i remember mike shoemaker one of the producers when beyonce's her drummer at the end when she's like got me looking so crazy and he was banging the drums and i'm on i'm on shoemaker's shows is like hot just because i was like you know yeah. what if i'm going out i'm going out on top wait you, you knew know? it was your last episode no i didn't know okay okay i was hopeful sure sure but i had they'd had me on the bubble for six months and your and gut forth. was almost being like my oh, gut okay. was like ah. yeah yeah and, and i and i also i guess i i took comfort knowing that i was shooting um 
shooting. I was I, I got my first offer for a movie. That's in, uh, great. 2018's wedding. So in my mind, I was like, well, you know what? Yeah. I I know I'm still talented, and I think yeah. I think that that going back to um you, you know your journey is a lot of this is is really about having faith. Having yeah. faith, not not if you believe in God, you're having faith in God, and then ultimately your talent. If you don't, if you're an atheist or agnostic, you you're believing in yourself uh -huh. and the fact that you have this this wonderful skill set. Sure. Excuse me, that's going to carry you um, further than everyone else might expect you to go. Yeah, you know, I'm always amazed when when uh, when people say. Uh, when you see someone like at an awards show and, yeah. they, and they say, gosh, who, I never dreamed that this would happen. I'm like, I, did, I oh, dream yeah. about all of this. Yes. I've yeah. already had conversations with Oprah. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Walters. Yeah. Like all, any, whatever comes with the pinnacle of success in the entertainment industry, winning an Oscar. Yeah. Winning a Grammy, giving those speeches. Oh, yeah. Thanking Miss Dudley in kindergarten for for yeah. encouraging me. All of that, you know, yeah, yeah. I've 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 foreseen all that because I and it's it's newer now. It's new and it's current and and it's in the now to say you know you have to breathe it into existence. But yeah. when I was a kid, I didn't know that phrase, but I knew. I did all that yeah. because that's what I wanted to do. You yeah. know, I, the, the equivalent that I had was I had a notebook, right? Mm -hmm. I had this notebook, and now I look at it like it's—I I still have it somewhere, but I look at it like it's sacred text or something. Yeah. Because I remember sitting in grade school and writing down, "I want to travel the world and entertain people." Boom, boom. You know, and I wrote—I wrote all these things down. Uh -huh. By the, I want this thing. I want this thing. And and like you're saying, I can relate to that too because I I have my. My Letterman uh, anecdote. Uh -huh. I have my, yeah, you know, yeah. I ha I have that in my back pocket. I know because it's the same thing. Like you, you believe it so much when you're young, and if you if you gravitate, I remember in second grade telling my teacher, I like, I will work in the entertainment industry, and wow. I said it that way, the entertainment and you, industry. And you, and you say it, and, and it's funny because you almost back then. A teacher is looking at you like you're an arrogant and precocious child. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I shouldn't say. I, some teachers will look sure. at you that way. Some will look at you like, "Wow, he believes in himself." Yeah, he, or that's cute. Or that's somewhere cute. in the yeah. middle. Yeah, I think yeah. mine were more like, "Well, that's cute." He's, right. he's saying the word industry, but yeah, like like you, I really relate to that. Where you're like, "I love this stuff," and the the people that I look up to it in as well. Like I look up to you. Like the accomplishment oh, that man. you had when it comes to working and having to go through everything you go through, and then getting that kind of shot, and then making the most of it. Like we were talking about the other night, there's only so many people that have the SNL experience right, in the right, world, right? You know, and uh, in, in all aspects, writers, uh, people in front of the camera, right, the whole process. Right. So to be a part of that history, and then on top, of what's great about you, it's even a smaller number of people of color that have been right, able to right, do that. Yeah. So that, I mean, and yes, that's great. I also I, I oscillate all the time when people are like. Yeah, but wouldn't you like? Wouldn't you like to do SNL, or wouldn't you like to be on a sitcom? And of course, the answer is yes. Right. But also, in the big picture of things, and this speaks to looking back in your life, I I also like um, I oscillate between two different ways of thinking. But I'm constantly being like, yeah, but I look at my life, and I've been fortunate to collect experiences. Exactly. You know, whether it's being on the ship and just yeah. get to meet you, or work with the people that I've met in all aspects of music or dancing or whatever. And people can say what they'd like. I mean. The words cruise ship or cruise ship entertainment has a certain connotation, although 
there's been big strides that where they've in, reinvested in different ways that make it much more modern and, well, and not as fact, hack. You even know? the fact that that someone as talented as you are with your background is on the ship, well, and and that. you and you're you're having because comics are jaded. It, sure, well, sure. Comics are cynical. Yeah, sure. In sure. that, you know, if if we watch someone. And we're we're like they're either phoning it in or it's or it's hackneyed or it's just it's 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 it feels archaic. Sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. We're we're more reluctant to to give them uh, props. We'll say, well, yeah, they, it's entertaining to someone, but it's not for me. Exactly. But yeah. we're watching you. Um, I'm, I'm I I commended uh, Andrew and Kristen. Sure, yeah, uh, because, a couple of actors from the show. Yeah, yeah. because I, I like their chemistry. Um, the band that's the, here. The band. Um, the 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 Groove International. These musicians that I feel bad because they're leaving the ship after a couple months running. So someone has to take their place. Tomorrow, oh, good luck. <laughs> which has big shoes to fill because these dudes are amazing. Yeah. And, and, and truly amazing. I told them last night, speaking of what you're saying, like I, I go definitely on ships. You're the best band I've ever seen. Exactly. But on land, you're you're still incredible. Right, right. They're incredible. Right, right. Showman and are all is every one of the guys from Jamaica. Do you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like incredibly talented guys. I'm sorry to yeah, cut you no, off. No, no, no. And so, um, yes, there's a stigma attached. Uh, I know, like uh, uh, Pete uh, Corielli, one of the comics that uh, just left the ship. Pete and I spoke about this when I interviewed him. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, and he was very honest in, in yeah. saying, you know, he 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 really doesn't want to be here, or I, I shouldn't say doesn't want to be here, but this is not something he is. He was like, you know, nobody aspires to exactly. you know, cruise yeah. to be a cruise ship comic or a comedian that's working on a cruise ship which and there's truth to that i didn't uh yeah well excuse me when i was starting out um and, and even up until they booked me on it i was i was yeah. like i was like i, I never foresaw myself working a cruise ship but i'm yeah. glad i have the the uh not only the legs but also uh uh uh, an act that I can that's universal enough that I'm not make I'm not having to make adjustments yeah. from what I do on land versus what I'm doing here. I'm I'm doing my my set on on this ship now. Obviously, the eleven o'clock show sure is adult, so it's more relaxed. Excuse me, um, closer to what you do on to land. What, what I'm yeah. doing with without any uh, uh, you know inhibitions. Um, but even, even the fact that they have, uh, you know, the, the, the improv comedy clubs, uh, entertainment group levity is booking the standups. And so the quality of the standups uh -huh. on this ship in comparison to that, that, uh, that sort of negative stigma attached to quote unquote cruise ship comics, yeah. you're getting a, a high caliber of, of comedians that you might not have had on here or yeah. had on a cruise ship a few years, um, in the past yeah and it's a big credit to this uh you know the company that this this uh this fleet with ncl and, and freestyle and the formats they've introduced it is a big credit to them that they take chances and put on broadway shows right. and they're leading that charge right. and and they have with bringing on um the caliber of you guys in into the mix of those rooms and then you know, working with second city's giving me a lot uh, a lot of opportunities out here too they've made these choices where they've really elevated, and they're they're recognized as an industry standard, but there's also just as many out there on other lines, and mm -hmm. maybe even vessels within this company, where that idea of what people are thinking, like guy in a plaid jacket up there, you know, talking about mother-in-laws, yeah. it still exists. But I can speak for myself on two fronts, where 
working with people like you and being around guys like this with this level of talent, I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know what I'm sweating. And then the other part of it is I know without these opportunities in the last few years, I've, this is just, I mean, this is just a fun thing to state, but it also speaks to like uh, what it's done for people that are looking for new opportunities to perform. Mm -hmm. And like you, it's a part of my year. This isn't like my whole existence. It's like, oh, it's a part of my schedule. Right. And you know, this gig's a little bigger commitment of like four months. So Mm -hmm. that's a, you know, that's a third of the year. And then I'll go and piece together other things. How long have you been on that of four months? Uh, November. So I'm wrapping it up soon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been great. It's 12 shows a week. It's one of the most exhausting projects. Yeah, man, yeah. Like, that's keep To keep that in mind, (laughs) your show is what, about 90 minutes? Yeah, hour and a half. It's an hour, ninety minute show. They're doing twelve nights a week. They have off on Friday. Right yeah, now. yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. It's averaging two shows. A you night, have yeah. off tonight, and and I'm bugging you. To no, no, I love it. But I, <laughs> now this is actually it's a good recharge because to be honest with you, speaking about this stuff, it's like refocusing me too. I just I love talking about. I love. I'm still that kid in second grade where I love entertainment. When it becomes your career or your regular schedule, it's like anything else. Where you're like, all right, so you you got to. You know, you, you hit got, yourself. Gotta go uh, punch the clock. Exactly, and there's a lot of truth to that. As right. silly as it sounds to someone right. watching, yeah. be like, "How could you ever think of it that way?" But you know, like I've done 154 performances wow. since I've been on the ship. Wow. So about you know, uh, conservatively speaking, about show 50, even mm-hmm. you're like, "Okay, right. I have to approach this like an athlete, where it's like I got to take better care of myself, mm-hmm. and I also have to look at backstage, like stretch out, and also be like, okay." Put your head in the zone as opposed mm-hmm. – you can't anticipate what this new experience is going to be like for people mm-hmm. um, even though you've had a week of like all South American audiences right. where they just stare at you. <laughs> you know, and comedy is so reference-driven. They just look at you like, all right, do more things with scarves because right. we don't understand anything right, you're saying. Right, right, right. But it's kind of – you may have heard this quote too, but I always think of it when I'm trying to prep for a show. Or some – I shouldn't say always think of it. Sometimes I think of it. Is um, – you know, they asked Michael Jordan once, they're like, why do you go all out, even if it's just a regular season game? And I'm paraphrasing wildly mm-hmm. here, but he said, you know why? Because I think of the guy up there that works in a factory mm-hmm. or has a blue-collar job, and this is his one chance to bring his son or daughter to mm-hmm. see me play. Right. It's their one Michael Jordan experience. Right. And I keep that in mind yeah. when I go out there. Yeah. And then in our level, too, like, okay, he's playing, you know, 30,000 people in a stadium. I'm to uh, 200 people, 200 confused retirees. But I still but keep that relative. in mind. Yeah, it's all, it's I keep relative. in mind like that. Yeah. That's their one chance to see some guy. You know, they don't know who I am, right. as opposed to people going to pay to see the name uh, or the the incredible athlete that is Michael Jordan. Right. You know, but I still think of, like that's their one shot to have that experience in that room. And you, I'm sure you function in the same way. It's their. It's my one shot to for an hour and a half make people forget about. I really can't afford this vacation. Or, <laughs> right, right, or me and my yeah. wife aren't getting along. This isn't the renewal of <sighs> right. vows I hoped it would be. Right, For right. an hour and a half, they can unplug and be like, Disconnect. this yeah. is a weird room yeah. I'm in and these things are happening and what a cool production, you know. And and people, I mean, you know what? The, the, the You were saying something earlier that I wanted to address. I There's something to be said about having the same, having some inkling of that same amazement and joy and being a fan of it the same fan that you were in second grade yeah that you were that you are today and keeping that and i think in in every every form of entertainment whether you're 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 a singer you're an actor you're a rapper you're a dancer you're a comedian 
um, improv comedian, stand-up comedian, or or mm -hmm. or sitcom comedian. There's there's a point where you gotta, you always have to have some part of you that's like. This is kind of cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I know, like with SNL, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I know that uh, my 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 hair and makeup uh, team of uh, of uh, Tisa Howard and and Wendy Evans. Tisa's uh, she's a good friend of mine. She works on. Uh, they're both good friends of mine. And yeah. uh, Tisa works on uh, Law and Order. Oh, excellent. Uh, okay. SVU doing makeup, and and Wendy left after SNL. They they both still would work on SNL, but they moved on. Wendy became so let dad O'Brien's uh, oh cool hair hair art hair hair person on uh, on CNN, and um, I said to them from from day one, I said you know what, it may seem weird, but every episode of of SNL that I was on, wherever I was in 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 uh, the the dressing rooms or running around between. Ske sketches at the beginning of the show or yeah. getting get, putting on a wig when Don Pardo said featuring Dean Edwards I had to stop whatever I was doing and watch I'm, I'm getting like excited it, thinking about it now cause yeah it gives me the to, chills yeah man. I used to yeah. stop and just see uh see my that shot of me turning and look my head looking up and smiling at the camera because I remember it took forever to get that shot <laughs> the one they wanted yeah yeah and and uh just taking in, yo, I, I I said when I saw uh, Eddie Murphy Delirious when I was 13 years, years old, I said, I want to be just like this dude. Yeah. And somehow, through divine intervention and hard work and, and, uh, and, and just preparing properly, that that actually, I, I made some aspect of that come true. And I, I yeah. think, I think uh, it's so easy to... Uh, to lose sight of that fact, yeah. it's, it's so easy yeah. to 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 let the 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 industry the industry is going to beat everybody down. Sure, the industry sure. beats down even the most. Tom Cruise gets beat down uh, because he 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 professed his love for his his. I don't know if they were married yet or yeah. um when when Kate, Katie uh, what's, what's Holmes Katie, Katie Holmes, Holmes yeah. he got on Oprah's couch sure. hopped up and down and people were angry people who for years <laughs> have said you know what men don't do enough to show how much they love his dude got on national TV in front of yeah. tens of millions of people and hopped up up and down saying how much he loves this woman and instead of people just applauding and saying oh wow he's in love the cynics yeah. decided, you know, we're going to pick this apart. Tom Cruise hopping up and down. On, yeah. And I was like, you know what? You can't win. Yeah. At, at yeah. every level, no matter yeah. how successful you are, people are going to find something wrong with what you do. So you can't attempt to appease or, uh, yeah. or make everyone happy. You just you say, you know what? If, I, if I'm Tom Cruise, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, people can bash uh, my movies. People may not go out to see them. But uh, uh, the movie they were just running on uh, on the ship they they they've changed the name to like uh, fight kill repeat but it was um, it was uh, the the edge of the edge of oh tomorrow. yeah edge of tomorrow sure it's a good movie yeah I, I've never, I want to see it it's I have a, not seen it it's a good movie but I think somewhere along the lines people were like oh, we we don't like him as much anymore so we're not gonna 
rush out to see his movies. That and Oblivion is his uh, previous sci-fi movie. Those were decent movies. Yeah, yeah, I think both of them got good good reviews. Yeah, yeah. but people didn't rush out to see them yeah. because the, the the collectively everyone was like, "That's enough." Yeah, we're not gonna really support. And if 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 Tom Cruise is the type of person that I see him to be, seems like yeah, he's human. So of course it affects you because sure. the numbers affect your bottom line. But if you if if you can walk away saying, you know what, I I, I think I did a pretty decent job yeah. with this film, with 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 my my performance uh, on on Thursday night with your your show on Tuesday that we came to. That's all you can do. Yeah. Really, you can say, you know what, I I I left it all on the field. Yeah. You know, and and I I think I'm 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 uh, I'm happy with with what I did. Hopefully, people some people will respond positively. Yeah. And, and even if it's a people are affected differently when you in the audience but even if some of them like i know you get this as well but passengers and again in context it's a ship and people can uh, can look at different venues of entertainment the way they want to but i know uh i'm fortunate in this show it, it resounds with like there's something about it that really people respond to yeah, like yeah. every week they'll be like uh every week even if it's just a couple of people they'll say like it was the highlight of this week yeah, you yeah. know and then i've seen them come up to you too and be like what an amazing that we had the best time that yeah, was the best yeah. part of our cruise yeah. and it's a seven day vacation where people are getting away from it and you know and uh and just recharging but to have that kind of response it reminds me whether it's the improv workshop or whether you're in a higher stakes thing on a, on a film set or whatever it is yeah. whatever project you're involved with it still boils down to the moment right like right. what is happening in the moment and how great is this moment that i can i'm even afforded this moment right. to make my living off of entertainment like that's something that you know, regardless of what i'll continue to work on or what i've been lucky enough to be involved with that's the thing i'm glad that um of improvising and working with other talented comedians has taught me is like okay those moments are really all that counts yeah, yeah and if you can breathe them in like you're talking about um being on the set there at at uh 30 rock you know being on the set at, at rockefeller place for for saturday night live and taking a moment just to be like look at this this is cool that's the thing because a lot of people i see it all the time when people are coming up through classes or whatever it is they're so geared and especially I'm, you know, kind of sounds strangely like, especially this generation. I see of young performers <laughs> like they don't really. They're climbing constantly. Right, right. They, it they doesn't don't, seem they, like they enjoy it. And, and, and well, the the problem with that is you're also when when you when you have that mindset, you're not allowing. Uh, you you don't realize your successes. You uh -huh. don't you don't you don't take a moment to to say say you know what i succeeded by like using your 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 trajectory for example there everything you just said there are numerous successes in your trajectory you can say you know what uh leaving new mexico and moving to to la on your own that's a success uh uh going and becoming uh becoming part of the groundlings taking taking the classes there is a success and then your buddy suggesting improv Olympics, and now you're you're in the uh, in one of in this this main ensemble show. Sure, sure. That's a success. And yeah. then uh, we didn't even get into you. Um, sure. Sliding into the second. Yeah, season. getting hired all, for them. Yeah. These are all six levels of success that, um, as paraphrasing you, this generation, yeah. if, if, when you have this this sort of uh, attention deficit disorder of um the journey yeah 
you don't realize that you have had or tasted success. And so, and one of the, one of the detriments to that, uh, among many others, is the fact that say you finally do achieve whatever their goal is, someone yeah. that's, that, that uh, is in one of your classes and you're working with them, instructing them, and then they say, you know what, I, I, I just want to, I'm doing this because I want to be, I want to get on a sitcom. Sure, sure, sure. And then sure. they book the, the second lead at, uh, or third lead on, on a sitcom that lasts, you know, they shoot ten episodes, sure. six of them air, the other four get buried on like a Friday night or the, it was on NBC and they just dropped the, the final four episodes on USA because it's NBC Universal, which is part of US or USA is part of. So yeah. no one sees these other episodes. Now th- they've now they've tasted that success. Yeah. They got what they wanted out of it because they said, I want to be on a sitcom. They, they took these uh, these uh, classes with Se- Second City. They've now achieved that. Now what? Now you're yeah. like, oh, jeez, uh, I don't, I don't do. I guess I I go audition for another show and and, and you know I just as as I know as you know, you you know the 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 big the big opportunities like that sometimes are, are few and far between. You might like you said you might shoot a bunch of television and film in one year yeah. that might propel you to the second year and then. That second year, those those things that you do with the second year come out that third year, and that third year, none of them resonate or or get a response from uh, a major response from the 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 general populace, and so now you're not you're not hot anymore. Yeah, yeah, Your you agents start over, aren't yeah. paying attention. Yeah. So now what? And so that's that's why uh, to any of you young people out there that are listening, yeah. man, take a moment to enjoy. The the journey it sounds it sounds corny, um, but it's true. Take a moment to enjoy that journey. Uh, you know, if if it's like a New Yorker that walks through uh that goes to work every day and they come down from, I don't know, Croton on Hudson to yeah. work in, in Manhattan. So they take the uh Metro North train and it comes down through Grand Central Station and they go and they punch their clock and they're working this job. How many times you ask that same person to one day instead of rushing to work give yourself 10 extra minutes before you get to work and just stop and look up at the ceiling of yeah. grand central station yeah that's which a good, is that's good. amazing it's an amazing piece of art yeah you know? it's beautiful and but people are so about i gotta i gotta go i gotta get get here i gotta rush it's like just take a moment to to look up and say you know what this is a, if, if i look around it's a, there's actually a lot of beauty um, man-made or or not, I man, I I I walk out here. Uh, yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm not even gonna pause it. This is James. <laughs> this is James right here. Hello. <laughs> What's up, son? The schedule calls. Hey, I'm. I'm. Uh, what What are you doing? Can you Can you give me a couple of minutes? You. Okay. Okay. We We're gonna get sushi. Um, Cody, you want sushi with us? Or are you? Busy? You know, I got. I meet up some guys at eight, but I'll meet you after. Okay. Um, yeah, we're finishing up this podcast. I'll meet you down at the uh, green room. No, no, no worries. Okay, bro. All right, peace. You know, and we're similar in age, too, so I think I consider us fortunate to come up the way we did as well because it's weird. We were on the cusp of this media explosion where now 
people can have a you're, you're a funny guy or a girl. You can have a viral video that propel you yeah. much faster because yeah. whether it was coming up through clubs or in my case, you know, different improvisational right. venues, whatever it was to do it, or it might be like way back when I was a kid doing magic shows in living right. rooms. Right. You like the reps were different, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think it made us, uh, and I, you know, like you, I have a positive outlook that I think. There's just as many people out there that even though it's a faster-paced mm-hmm. entertainment setup or entertainment options or the tools at their disposal are faster and you can get to places faster, right. I, I want to say that I hopefully overall they'll appreciate it. But I know for sure the two of us do mm-hmm. because of the steps along the way where it's like, oh, okay, it was just... It took a lot to get to that next ledge. Right. Now you can jump six or seven ledges. Yep. As long as you're prepared to get that opportunity... As long as you're prepared to... To get it and keep it, and if you don't keep it, keep it moving, yeah. so that you don't get caught up in in all of the uh, all of the things that we we both know can can knock you down yeah. just because you're not you're not prepared for the lack of success, you know. Because uh-huh. it is success is uh, well, I won't even say success, but achieving any level of success is hard. But then maintaining it is 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 even yeah. more challenging, and then uh, dealing with if you aren't able to maintain it at that particular moment, yeah. and and recovering, yeah, you know, it's it's like yeah. boxing. You get knocked down, you know, you have ten seconds to to you have nine seconds really to stand up, yeah. But if you're laying there eleven seconds, you're knocked out. You know, yeah. we've all been knocked down in 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 this uh in the uh, entertainment industry. Everybody has, whether yeah. you're Will Smith blowing. Uh, being the Fresh Prince, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff from Fresh Prince, and you uh, blowing your first million dollars yeah. and and winding up broke and having to now write your next album, but still keep a happy, positive outlook. You know, yeah, yeah. everybody's had it, and people like a Will Smith yeah. on that level, or even you and I on this yeah. level, have have found a way to say, well, you know what? No, I I, I didn't aspire to necessarily be on a cruise ship but i did aspire to be in the entertainment industry yeah i'm in the industry like you said this is one this is one small facet yeah uh and i've done a lot i've done a lot of contracts out here different projects for second city i mean i've done a lot of contracts out here and like you're saying it is a part of the schedule but i also living in the moment like we're talking about too like the mindfulness of that you Mm -hmm. know um is like in the last few years i've stood in front of the pyramids I went to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. I went to these yeah. great places in Ireland, like all these things. And it all, okay, so farther back besides cruise ships affording that, it all comes back to that kind of drive too of like, I just want to be a part of the entertainment right. industry. Yeah. I remember someone when I first got started was like, it's a tough business. Mm-hmm. And I was so, loved it so much. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I really, <laughs> really, when they uh-huh. said it to me, it was uh-huh. like speaking Hebrew to me. I didn't <laughs> understand what they were saying. Right, I was like, right. I have no idea what you're saying. Right. But I know if they could have conveyed it differently, if this is even what they meant, if they could have said the ups and downs of it that's are the, the yeah. most difficult. I I would understand that now. That's that's what Mel Brooks said that to yeah. me in a, in, a, in, a, in a nice way. Um, it, you know what? In a in a in a more uh, patriarchal way. Okay. So it's not to discourage, but yeah. just to let me know. He was like, I, I I don't know if I asked him or if or if he's he was like, Dean, you know they're they're peaks and valleys. Yeah. You know, entertainment is peaks and valleys. Because I was asking, I was like, you know, you you, you and Ann Bancroft, y'all y'all they they were so happy yeah. together. It was it was actually beautiful just to watch watch them in a room together. Whether yeah. it's chilling at Max's house and and. 
bring bringing uh you know my my two year old over or watching them at Max Max and his wife's uh wedding yeah and you know uh his <laughs> Mrs B playing the ukulele wow. and Mel and them doing shtick yeah. man and you know they they always maintain their joy in uh-huh. it and you can see that their their love but more so just this just you know i think mel brooks um has remained successful and remained part of the 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 uh the conversation of the lexicon because you can see he still enjoys it he yeah. like he loves he's a showman yeah he loves whether it's it's paneling on a late night talk show sure, yeah yeah or doing this uh one man show that uh he's now bringing to the west end you know, it's him saying, you know, Dean, there were times when Anne was hot and I was cold. And there were times when I was cold and she was hot. And it's just once we learn that ebb and flow in the peaks and valleys, yeah. once you realize that, um, it can always be, you always want it to be better, but it can always be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, that's you true. know, so you fi- once you figure that out, you're like, you know what, I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not dead. Yeah. Uh, I found a way to survive this long. God, yeah. God has found found a way to help yeah. me along, and as long as I maintain that that amount of faith in what I do, yeah, and, and I and I keep it on. Patrice uh, used to say this. He was like, he was like, you know, people people have sort of convoluted the the idea of righteousness. He's saying the idea of righteousness is, is more or less, it's, you know, sticking to whatever your truth is and yeah. riding that truth. Yeah. To wherever you, it takes to you. To wherever it takes you. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. No one can fault you for writing out whatever your honest, true belief system is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, it's like you, like we're talking about too, when you're on the stage and the audience detects that truth too. Yeah, Whether it's yeah, a personal life yeah. story or just in how you're committed to them in the right, moment. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. So you said, I actually want to do another one. We, we, should, we, we should, we should, You know yeah. what? I, we're not even, like, like I, could <laughs> easy, I could easily sit here and, <laughs> and attempt to... Wrap this up because y'all heard James needs to go get some sushi, <laughs> and, and him it's ship life. Him and, him this is Landry, ship life. But this is James tomorrow. Today is James' last day oh, yeah, on yeah. the ship, so we have this Friday night tradition since since we've been on the ship that we go and grab sushi. Let me tell y'all, sushi on this place is amazing, and it's you can you can get full off of like three different types of sushi for less than ten dollars. Yeah. it's it's awesome. Again, yeah, the way they've set up this system, yeah. there's so many things we benefit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. So, so listen, I, um, y'all can stay tuned for part two of me sitting down. I don't even like calling them interviews. It's just me, me kicking it with my man Cody Dove. Um, where can people find you on on social media? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at Cody Dove, and then C O D Y D O V E. And you know, and I'll confirm that when next time we talk. <laughs> I, I use it so rarely because okay. it's you know Wi-Fi access. I should yeah. use it more, but I I mostly just I uh, I'm not I don't know if you use it more for promotions, but I'll literally yeah. will take an idea and just put it out there and see if anyone responds, yeah. like a comic idea or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, CodyDove.com has got some okay. information okay. as far as like. Uh, uh, sometimes tour schedule and stuff like that too. Okay. So, and thank you so much, man. I appreciate. Oh, it. We'll talk some more, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I love this. It's inspiring to me yeah. to talk to you. And I, yeah. well, I, th- I think because it also, I mean, it's 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 
there's a dance and, and I like I'm looking forward to I, I even said to Kristen yesterday, I was like, I'll see I'll see you in uh, the improv workshop this Sunday. Cause yeah. I, I man, I had a I had to keep peeing. Um I, I'm telling y'all, I, I've been peeing up the storm because I, I I cut back my carbs this week. I already lost like three or four pounds since Sunday, which is good. Yeah, your body's um, expelling all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting rid of a lot of uh impurities and sharing you know, just just breaking bread and fellowshipping with yeah, you. Yeah. Um throughout like you 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 meet people and you say, you know what, there's a cool cat and I, I like to just sit down and, and, and vibe out with them and, and I appreciate you taking time during your day off oh man to, no to, uh, no know, i really share. i admire you and uh yeah it's just been really cool just to get to know you while i've been on the ship it's, it really is like a, another cool benefit of you know being here in this specific location but just being in the business to be like oh how great is right. it i get to talk to you about the things that we love the most right right and 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 even more, I think the the moment we bonded was when you said, "Yeah, I just spoke to Timmy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Tim is a se- is a Second City alum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't even maybe talking to him directly because no, I right. I'm more of an acquaintance okay. rather than anything. Horatio. No, it was Horatio. Horatio. Yeah, we Horatio, Horatio. I talk to more often. Yeah. I'm you know Facebook friends with Tim Meadows, and I've improvised with him, which was okay. great. We can okay. talk about that some yeah, other yeah, time. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, y'all. As always, man, we appreciate y'all uh, listening. I know. Um, you know, uh, uh, I I don't know. I think I was telling I was telling Cody about uh, a girl out 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 west, Malibu Kelly, um, big supporter and and uh, encouraged encouraged the the, the podcast. I, I, we met in LA and and I was caught off guard when she said she actually had been listening and the podcast was still brand new. So that that so special shout out to her. Special shout out to uh, to Cindy. Uh, uh, because I know she was frustrated with us because we didn't because one of my episodes recently was only uh, 39 minutes and so I I apologize I spoil you kids but I I, I think that night when I recorded um, it was my like one of my first days on this shit oh sure and that's a long was, day yeah it was a long day so I was, I, but I wanted to make sure I got got uh, I, I got so much love for the fam that uh you know keeps listening and supporting. So I wanted to make sure um, that I gave y'all something that week. Uh, as always, I am Dean Edwards, man. We'll catch y'all uh, for part two with with my man Cody Dove, um, talking about the journey, man. The journey of uh, of uh, you know pursuing this this life in in the entertainment industry. See what I did? That's called the button. Uh, <laughs> we'll catch y'all next time. We'll still be in the building. All love, two fingers, peace.